So, if you haven't heard of Anchor, it's actually the easiest way to make a podcast and it's free. That's the best part. The nice thing is it also distributes a podcast to various other podcast sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and pretty much everywhere else. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. You can download the free app or you can go to anchor.fm. Enjoy and now let's get back to the coffee and sock sessions with me Pranil. What is up, Tommy? What is up? How are you? Good and you. So good to see you, man. So good. It's so good to see you. What's crackalacking? There's such a long history, but I was just I've just been so nervous. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because it's been such a long time since we really like sat down and chatted. What's the whole how does the whole covid thing feel in South Africa like what's the vibe Everyone's kind of more relaxed happier uh, less stressed out and it's obviously because they relaxed the alcohol and tobacco ban Oh they did uh, That's freaking hysterical I know it's just the craziest thing but then people went so buck wild Oh they did so everyone has like mad alcohol poisoning the day after <laughs> like 800 people arrested it was just chaos Yeah, it was like covid happened and then it was almost like they found the the vaccine for covid and that's wow that's crazy man obviously i've worked because i'm in radio and been working with like uh, some really cool campaigns it's just tragic to see the number of people in south africa that are basically starving right um, we did a campaign that was really powerful where we were just fresh was just basically giving out vouchers to people that needed food you know what i mean the basic wow food. that's amazing and and we ran it for about over 2 months and every day the stories we got was crazy so i think it it was an eye opening experience for the government for the president and also for a lot of people to take stock of life and appreciate going to the restaurant seemed like such a basic and trivial thing and then you realize it's a luxury totally and so, what's it been like there how's it been? yeah i mean it's been uh, i feel like california and uh kind of the more democratic states if i could say have been a little bit more responsible and a little bit more empathetic um and caring towards and considerate of what the virus could potentially do yeah. you know but then you've got like the whole of the middle bible belt redneck america that's just like like this it's not even it's not even real you know and they're running around with no masks and just like spreading the virus like a bunch of crazy people so oh, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting setup uh, america has its problems just as south africa does you know yeah, yeah. in different ways And I guess it's always amplified in the states because the media is like so quick to kind of jump on anything that could kind of make it look like the government isn't really doing certain things and we all know how people feel about the administration so it's been a crazy yeah. time. I'm sure it's been quite a treat but you've been nestled away quite nicely working on a lot of cool projects you've been quite busy. Oh yeah it's it's actually I've really enjoyed this time um taking something really negative and it, turning it into something really positive because there's been a lot of projects that I've had on the back burner because I've been working on everybody else's albums and so like for example which we'll get to but like the pigs record I've been working on that for like three years in between producing other bands albums you know so these past five months I've just been able to completely focus on 
on this project and actually it's let see it come to fruition which is amazing it's been an inspiring journey like just to take it back from where it all started this journey not even just for you but just okay for you it started in ballet class when your ballet teacher <laughs> you you not as graceful as you think she is you know yeah. something could work better for her so for you it's been quite an interesting journey and we're going to get to that how you got to where you are now especially in in Cali and the states but for me our journey started what is it probably like 2006 2007 i think when yeah, my, yeah a friend of mine and uh we used to basically stalk you guys stalk the band <laughs> <laughs> that's not true i loved you guys we we became good friends yeah maybe it's stalkerous in the beginning but but it's <laughs> really? awesome into a great friendship <laughs> <laughs> it really got stalkerous i mean i remember we would she would tell me uh shane jacobs she yeah. told me like listen you're in durban this weekend sj and the band are in durban go check them out and <laughs> i'd leave like i've I left family functions to be like hey dad i need to go and I think it so was Wolfgang's Wolf at Zacks, and I came out there and checked you guys. So, no. so it's really been like such a cool journey to watch you from the Stealing Love Jones days. So, I mean, your journey in music officially started after high school when you worked at uh, when you interned at Northwind Studios, I believe. That's kind of when it all kind of kicked. Yeah, off. I mean, I mean, I've been playing in bands um, pretty much my whole life since I was about twelve years old. I've been fronting bands, so uh, straight out of high school, got into uh, second engineering at Northwind Recording, and then obviously Stealing Love Jones happened. Just bef- just before Stealing Love Jones, I was doing a solo project. It was a Christian uh, project called SJ, and that obviously fell to the side pretty fast. <laughs> But uh, Stealing Love Jones, uh, it kind of it was like a snowball it happened so much faster than i think anybody expected the band just kind of blew up and so obviously we just started touring south africa and we had to learn a lot really fast we got to open for some incredible artists like fallout boy see the jimmy world you know was just these like unheard of opportunities you know given to us which was which was amazing and and then i guess I guess I've always been fairly ambitious and driven and I've had my eyes set on the states since I was a kid you know because I was like man like American bands are where it's at <laughs> like the American music industry is where it's at the American entertainment industry is where it's at you know so kind of just put every cent that I had into investing into bringing the band on a, a tour over here uh and that failed horribly you know so i think that was like 2009 mm-hmm. um and we had we had that three month tour that i think grew a lot as humans at that point just because you know we were young kids who we were so full of ourselves we had delusions of grandeur and we came over to the states and everybody was better than us it it was it was a hard lesson to learn and i mean we didn't even end up finishing the tour because the band had basically like had a straight out brawl you know we as we ended up just flying home early and disbanding the band and just being like what well, if you if you find done and i think after that i mean that was really that was a significant moment in my life because i was just i was like it was tragic 
yeah. you know, everything that we'd worked so hard just fell apart in, in like two months. And I mean, I was probably bedridden for three months after that, just so depressed, just feeling sorry for myself, you know. And then one day I just, just woke up and I was like, like, stuff it. I'm going to go back to the States and I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up. And literally that's what, what I did. I flew into San Diego. Uh, I had a friend there and I crashed on her couch and I started playing cover songs in, in bars five nights a week and just meeting people and crashing on their couches and then playing at strip clubs and then playing at like random restaurants and then doing corporate events, you know? So I basically went from being what I thought was a massive rock star in South Africa, being flown around in helicopters <laughs> to an absolute no one sleeping on couches, singing cover songs for $50 a night. It's, it's so crazy. Cause I think I even remember that tour. I think we, I did an interview with you guys back at UJFM. Or it might have just been a conversation because obviously you guys would not have been in the same room straight after that tour. And I remember you guys you saying it was just such a brutal tour. I mean, from cleaning up and showering at like trucking stations and, and stuff like totally. that. Sleeping in like what it, wherever you could find a place to sleep. I mean, and like you say, I'm not surprised. It's like such a brutal thing to deal with mentally, let alone to deal with as a band who there's always going to be tensions. I mean, you guys spend so much time together. But in a way, I think that kind of brutality would have prepared you for moving to the States. I mean, you probably would have been a little bit more depressed if you had decided to leave the band in SA, move to the States, and now you're playing in strip clubs, and now you're like playing for $50, cruising around. That probably seemed a little easier than the previous time you were. Uh -huh, funny. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty resilient, you know, so I think it also, uh, it also brought up, up, up personality differences in the band. Like I'm, I'm still at this point, like, let me tell you that I do not have my bum in the butter. I'm still freaking out here hustling 16 to 18 hours a day. Um, yes, I have a beautiful home, a roof over my head. There's no way that I've made it at, at all. I mean, I, I have a full attitude of gratitude. I have accomplished more than I feel the majority of, of people in my position have in their, their lives, but it's, it's in no way uh, is it translating into my bank account, you know? So it's like, it's continually always a hassle. And I just, I feel very grateful that I'm able to make enough to to continue to make, to do music and i think just the resilience and and how many people say no you know and then i just keep knocking on those doors and sending those emails and and reinventing yourself there the entire time putting yourself in rooms with different people putting yourself in front of people you know it's the hassle never ever stops i mean like i'm nearly 40 it's crazy you know and it's I, honestly, I, I feel, and there's also something, something set apart with South Africans. Like, I feel like South Africans have a hustle in them that I don't see in any other culture. Like, I mean, sure, the Americans hustle. I just, I feel like there's a difference in resilience, what we're willing to do. 
Man, I honestly, I would rather sleep on the floor and or in a car than than give up what I'm doing. You know, it would break me to have to go to have a job outside of this. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to continue on in life. So I think it's it's kind of you got to make your your choices. Like how how far are you willing to go? You know, and I think that's you know starting again at 27 years old. 10 years ago in America was just kind of like being a 17 year old kid in South Africa coming straight out of school and like starting all over. So I've, I've had one start and then I got another start, which is cool. Um, but it hasn't been easy, but I'm very grateful. Very grateful. The gratitude part is that's something I've realized we need to practice more of as people is gratitude and something that's crept up a lot is people advising others to keep gratitude journals especially during like this period it's so hard for people to generally find things to be grateful for so i think that's it's such a powerful mindset and that's what's going to keep you i mean that's why 37 is nothing you're just you know you're that's the thing people hustle and people work hard for years and for decades we just don't see the hard work, you know? And right. that's one of the things that I found is that everyone talks about the success story. They never talk about what you went through to get to that yeah. point, you know what I mean? And it's never really finished. And I think that's what's so important in that mindset of, and you learned. Totally. Touring the States, you kind of realized I was the band in SA, like top of the charts everywhere. And then I moved to the States and no one really knows who I am and you got to start again. And think- Very- humbling and it makes you realize how insignificant you are in the grand scheme of things you know and I think during this these times uh, these COVID times and uh, this lockdown like I've, I think a lot of people have had a big shift in what they find is important to them and I know for myself I've had a massive shift in I just I no longer I mean I kind of I'm just doing this project because I love it and I think it's really rad, but I'm not looking for accolades for it. Like I just, I don't care. I'm happy to like hang at home with my chickens and just make music. It's like the, the, I guess the status of what we strive for as society is just, I don't know. I just think it's so unimportant. I'm just like, I don't care. It's where that's, and that's been a recent shift for me, you know, and because my whole life I've been like, I want to be rich and famous is some way somehow let's figure it out and i'm just like how dumb is that like i could die tomorrow and like what do i have you know i think the most important things is is have you do you have people in your life that you have treated well um do you have somebody in your partner husband wife you know that that you have honored and respected and cherished you know, it's like, there's just all these little things have started to sneak up and up on me. And maybe it's, it's come with age, <laughs> but, but I don't know. It just seems unimportant. You know, I'm kind of happy to just, just chill and make music. And if something happens, it happens. And, I'm, and it's great to be able to pay the bills and responsibility is important. You know, you don't want to be a loser in society. That's not rad, but it's just fame and fortune just seems silly in the state of the world right because you'll never be the most famous person isn't that what the mistake is that everyone's always trying to chase the next level of 
either fame or fortune or power. I mean, you get to a certain stage and then you realize compared to the next tier, you're at the bottom. So let me, and you just keep running this race. You keep fighting and you spend 50, 60 years of your life fighting to get to the top. And it never ends because there's always someone more powerful, there's someone more famous or someone richer or whatever it might be. And one of the really interesting things that you said was, well, interesting for me is because I'm always caught on the fence with this is knocking on those doors. You know, you said, keep hustling, sending emails and like constantly pushing to get to um, break down that door. Do you find that that sort of attitude has worked well? Do people eventually say, you know what, let me just see what she, what she has to offer. Let me just find out why she's pushing me so much. Or do you find that, you know what, keep getting rejected. Let me just stop. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. What, what's the, your attitude towards that? What do you, what do you find has worked? I think, I think the accent helps a lot. <laughs> right? Really- Seriously. Do you know, it blows my mind <laughs> when I, I meet South. I, I mean, people say that my, my accent is pretty diluted now, but, but it hasn't been on purpose because I've found um, that my accent has opened doors to people wanting to have a conversation with me. Yeah. So yeah. it's so crazy to me when I, I meet a South African and they sound like a full freaking American. I'm like, why? <laughs> like you just lost your freaking like, th- that was your ace of your sleeve, man. You just like lost it. So I think, I mean, I mean, again, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty resilient and ambitious. So, and, you know, it is a man's world. Um, honestly, it, it really is. And men would much rather sign a guy than a woman that's or work with a guy than a woman. That's, that's been my um, experience, but I just keep going back and being like, like, Hey, this is, this is what I got. And then I take that constructive criticism and I throw another thing at it. I don't get personal about it. It's business, you know, and it's hard in arts, especially not to be personal, uh, to take critique on your production or your songwriting personal because it it is personal. But if you want this to be your business, you have to kind of separate yourself from it. So I think the greatest lesson I've learned is being able to take criticism, not take it personally, uh, to adapt. You know, I think all of these things have been, and that's again, knocking on doors and just like, you will listen to me. And you know, eventually, I mean, nine times out of 10, I think, I think it has a lot to do with, with personality and, and some people are going to really like you and some people are just not going to like you. And it has nothing to do with anything other than just, I guess, human chemicals. That's exactly. Um, I said that to someone recently. Sorry. Yeah. I was just saying to someone that some people will just dislike you for the sake, they just dislike you. There's no reason it's, they either like you or they don't and and you can't explain it. And that's, it's just what it is, what it is. It's just how it is. I mean, you take the nicest people in the world. I mean, you take whoever it might be and you think, how could anyone ever hate this person? But somewhere out there, there is a person. Yeah. I mean, nine times out of 10, I would say that the majority of people that I'm pretty, uh, I've been aggressively pursuing have become really good friends, you know? So, yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool to know. And you've worked with some pretty incredible, like, musicians and artists since you've been up there. I mean, you've uh, obviously, we'll chat about, like, the Great A's album. Um, but often, 
a banner I generally see on your stories, like Alien Ant Farm. I've seen uh, stuff with them. And then, is it pigs or we are pigs? I always always get confused. It's you know I'm confused too. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's pigs just for short. But there's another band called Pigs, so I just put we are pigs in front of it just just for copyright purposes. Um, so I just call it Pigs, but it's it's we are pigs. And other people are like William Corgan, Brad. Yeah, Billy. That's. Good old Billy. So tell me some stories about Billy, actually, if you can. I don't. I don't have too many stories, actually. I met. Uh, it all comes back to South Africans stealing Love Jones, which oh. which is has just been. Yeah, I mean, the, the band just keeps, and South Africa just keeps giving. You know, it's the gift that keeps giving. So, um, Jason, who was the guitar player in Stealing Love Jones, he was in a band called Ketamine. I don't know if you remember Ketamine. They're super dope. So. So Ketamine had won some Smashing Pumpkins uh, cover competition and they were flown out to Chicago uh, to play in this Pumpkins competition where they met Bjorn Thorsred, who ended up, who, who's the engineer and producer from, from the Pumpkins, who ended up producing our record and engineering our record. So it was all through Jason, this, this connection. Uh, and uh, we flew down the line, we flew Bjorn out and he came and worked, uh, worked on, on the, the Bleed to Bloom record. Ooh. Uh, with us at Face Studios in Westville, and uh, we—I've just kept in touch with Bjorn over the years. You know, I, I lived with him for a little while in Chicago, and I met Billy through him. And the first night, or oh, it might have been the second time I met him—I can't really remember—but we went to uh, Billy has a wrestling federation, wrestling association. I think it's NWA. But uh, we were invited as his guests um, to come and watch the Wrestling Federation. So that was the first time. And I've, we've kind of, I haven't kept in touch with Billy, but Bjorn and I keep in touch. And, and when I proposed this collaboration to Bjorn, he was like, he was like, well, I'll send it over and, and see what happens. And never in my wildest dream. I mean, Bjorn, Bjorn was just like, don't expect anything like you know, he gets requests like this all the time. So I was, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even think it was, was a thing. And, and he hit Bjorn back and he was like, I love this. Like, I'm going to jump on it straight away. And like, it, it, it's just insane. Like, I'm just like, how is this even real life? You know, it's freaking Billy Colgan from the Smashing Pumpkins giving me a thumbs up. And he's like, I like it so much. Here's like, let's co-write this and let's, let's, let's tweak this so that it can be better. And I'm just like, like, whatever you want to do, yes. like, yes, because you are the god of songwriting, you know, so, so it's, it's a very humbling, it's really nice because to get a nod of approval from somebody that, that has, is probably one of the greatest front men, songwriters, singers of all time, you know, it's, it just, it means a lot. And, and I'm a nobody, I'm just a little nobody from South Africa that's just, tried hard and continuing to try hard am i the greatest singer on earth absolutely not very far from it am i the greatest guitar player absolutely not very far from it you know am i the greatest songwriter absolutely not but but there's just again just being consistent and and pushing uh and passionate and i don't know maybe i i don't come across annoying and people are 
people are, are into helping. I don't know. I'm, I'm very blessed. And, and same with, same with Ted from Corn. Like I met him through the Grey Days project, which is the project that Chester Bennington was working on just before he passed. Yeah. And again, the fact that I am anywhere near projects of this grandeur and caliber is just, I get very emotional every time I, I talk about this because it's just, again, like I'm an absolute no one in the world of music. And for the Grey Days guys, Sean Dowdell, who was Chester's business partner, for him to open his arms to a complete stranger, a woman, you yeah. know, and say, we're going to trust you with these songs because they heard the Alien Ant Farm stuff that I'd done. Um, and I even got a little tattoo because I love my boys. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for them to, for, for them to open their, their arms and, and trust me with such a huge responsibility. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the, the, people that were coming in and, and playing on the record, like Head and Monkey and Chris Trainer from Bush, um, Paige okay. Hamilton from Helmets, they've got Marcos from POD, uh, Ryan Shuck from Orgy. Uh, it's, been, it's really cool, you know, so all of these wonderful people I've had an opportunity to meet through Chester, who I, I never got to meet. Um, it's, it's just, it's unfathomable you know, that so much blessing can come through such a tragic event. It's like hearing the story alone makes me emotional. Like anyone that knows me knows how deeply, and it's probably not, it's not even just me. It's like a lot of people. Linkin Park was one of those bands that brought so many people together. Linkin Park, I first heard Somewhere I Belong uh, when I was in grade 11. So, and that was really like my first introduction to rock music and alternative music. And that album, Meteora, pretty much brought together people from all races, all walks of life. And right. it had such a strong influential footprint in South Africa. And then obviously people went back and chased backwards from Meteora because it had so much commercial success in South Africa on radio. Uh, obviously Dude, I, have, I have goosebumps right now, like just talking about this with you, because that was the thing. I did this interview with Dave Navarro oh. and he was like, SJ, have, like, have you met Chester and, and how did this come about? And, and I was just like, tragically, I, I've never met Chester, but I feel like Chester made us feel Jesus. I'm getting yeah. <laughs> Dude, so it's but that's the thing. That's the attachment we have to this. And I literally, I remember. Well, the, he made us feel. He made us feel like we knew him. You know, through his songs. Like I, I feel like I knew him. So, so creating those songs with the band was just like unreal. Yeah, and I think one of the things that really hit me, and uh, well, I'll, I'll obviously put links up to the videos and whatever kind of content that I'm referencing or that we talk about. But mm. the one video that really got me was uh i can't remember his name right now but you were working with a producer in a completely different time zone and it was probably like 3 30 a.m for you and you guys were on a call working on one of the tracks right. and you were asking him oh you said to him did you hear that when chester between takes was busy like just mouthing stuff to the engineers and you said to you then and there yourself like i just got goosebumps from that i obviously watched them in, the, in south africa and they were absolutely phenomenal but to know that <clears throat> you 
worked on that Grey Days album and you were literally working with material recorded by an icon, like a, a musical legend for so many reasons. And that was unreal. It was so crazy, Pranil, because when I received the, that Pro Tools session and I mean, just isolating his vocal, that I mean, that's a 19-year-old Chester. And then before I, I basically stripped off all of the music mm. and just took the vocals and then then just listened to the lyrics and his melody for about 300 hours straight. So I was kind of in this like Chester trance, you know, just just letting letting the being flow through yeah. me, I guess, for a lack of a better term and and hoping that that we had taken this in the right direction, you know, basing it very the production heavily on what the lyric content was and i mean this guy was just so far beyond his years i mean that uh, a 19 year old voice i think those reels were recorded between when he was 17 and 19 and man and that it's incredible it's such a great story to hear i mean i can read about it and i can see the album and i've listened to the album and it cuts deep and but you had the privilege of working so some of the tracks that you got to work on and produce i mean you said there were a few of them that maybe people can check out so they kind of get a feel for the stuff you worked on for sure so one of my favorites i think that i i got to work on is a song called she shines we produced and wrote that one with um head from corn and jason from breaking benjamin um, so it's, it's a little heavier, a little grittier, but it, it just, it felt so good. Soul song was amazing. Chester's son, Jamie sang backing vocals yeah. on that track. So it was just like, I, th the crazy thing is, is that now that I feel a little bit more separated from it, I'm just, I'm so much more emotional about it. You know, while we were were in it it was just we were so so in it with my partner that it, it was it was hard to to feel all the emotions I guess and then now that that I've been able to it's been a, a good couple of months you know when I listen back I'm just like ah oh, this is gorgeous Oof. is the syndrome is another track um I produced with my partner Lucas and you you mentioned him in the video Lucas is in France and and him and I do the majority of our work together and what else is is there on there oh just like heroin uh, produced that one with Chris Trainer from Bush super cool track because it's it had this if um the song itself just like heroin didn't actually have a chorus if you listen to the and I think you can find it on YouTube the original original just like heroin if you look up just like heroin gray days and if you listen to it the song kind of didn't have a form to it and just gray days and the band being so open to us Altering. creating something different up on it you know we basically took chester's vocal moved it around and did a little bit of polishing and trickery and and created this this monster and that song felt so 90s and gritty to me yeah. that i wanted i wanted to get like a that cool garbagey esky feel to it and it, it's so great it turned out well oh and then more sky was the the last one so so Lucas and I produced five on uh, on the record which which in itself is just mind-blowing I mean th those reels were given to some of the biggest producers in rock and the band chose our versions 
you know so it's just it's just such a wonderful nod i think also playing in a band and loving being a metalhead really gave us kind of an edge to the productions you know i felt i felt like i really could connect and understand what Chester was feeling at that time you know it's because we were kids sitting in a garage writing songs too so and now being able to put in everything that I've learned over the years being able to draw from that and execute the song in a way to make it a massive song but still keep its integrity I mean it's it's super cool I, I often think if only if only I knew what I knew now when I was doing Stealing Love Jones songs, like we want to be the biggest band in the world, man. <laughs> but you like you, you like this. I mean, it's always been a passion of yours, right? To be the person behind the scenes working on. I mean, obviously, being on stage is like a rush. You probably it's inexplicable. You can't explain it to someone, and it'll always be a rush. But I think, like for me, doing like what you're doing now, it's not easy. But it's also you feel more comfortable trying to create like a legacy because you have more time, and the focus is less on you at all times to be on mm-hmm. top of your game, like constantly. I mean, you can have a day off on stage and it could be the the one performance that someone remembers you for but in the background you can completely always submerge yourself learn something new and I think that's what's really important and that's what you really you've really come and really done I think since you moved to the states and it's it's never an easy move and you found your kind of way of making things work and used what you had to your advantage and I think that's it's such an amazing thing I mean I mean yeah, you're saying like names like bands like Bush and Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> great days and crazy right Alien and farm and it, it's just like it's unreal I mean one of the coolest things that I actually um I had a little note here that I wanted to to mention oh yeah one of the coolest things and this was probably about eight or ten years ago is that I was I was in a session with Akon um yeah. And he, we were working with Jeffree Star, um, and he he said he taught himself how to produce by mimicking and imitating other songs, like basically taking a song and seeing if you could replicate exactly sonically that sound, you know, so you figure out where everything is in that 360 sphere sonic space finding that tonality what what sample why does the kick sound like that what's since being used you know and I think that was probably one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've ever been given because nobody has an excuse if you've got a, a DAW Logic Pro Tools whatever it is there's no excuse for you not to drag your favorite songs in there and see if you can replicate the sound sonically and that's basically how how I got into production you know out of frustration frustration of working with other art, with other producers who didn't work at my pace or move at my pace mm. um, or just never ever got a song done I was just like okay this is ridiculous I'm just going to figure out how to do this myself and grateful to Akon for those wise words because it's basically just picking apart being able to hear everything individually picking it apart and and finding it and again being adaptable you know being able to create a metal song or create a pop track and obviously people have their lanes and it's always better to be a master of one than a jack of all trades but I think it's good uh, to be able to cater 
to whatever is being thrown at you. Absolutely. I mean, being able to adapt is what allows you to kind of like work outside, not only your comfort zone, which is where you grow, um, but also mm-hmm. just to, it allows you to play in different spaces and kind of interact with different people. I mean, you wouldn't, if you had just stuck to, I mean, we know your rock roots and your metal roots. I mean, you would never have been open-minded about sitting down or being in studio with Akon. And generally, let's be honest, like rock fans are generally quite rockist. The word rockist when it's like, I love rock. <laughs> never heard really that. Awesome. <laughs> Whatever you listen to, pop is shit. I hate top 40. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it takes something really special to kind of adapt to that. And that's what's allowed you. I mean, like with your newest projects, I mean, you're fusing a lot of hip hop with, with the metal stuff. And I think that's really such a powerful thing. And that's basically the project you're working on now, which is the Pigs Project, right? Uh- I, I can't wait for you to hear this track that, that uh, I'm doing with Head. You're literally going to shit yourself. It's so ridiculous. He sent me his, his vocals like two days ago. I was so excited. I literally woke up at like four o'clock in the morning and started like getting into them and adding them to the track. So that's most probably going to be the next Pig single. And I'm such a huge fan of Brian. He's such a wonderful, kind empathetic, sensitive, beautiful man. Um, and the fact that he even gave me the time of day, he's, a, he's got, besides being the guitar player of Korn, he has like freaking, he does all sorts of amazing work, you know, positive, positive stuff, helping people. And he has a couple of spas, you know, and, and he, he was just like, oh my gosh, it's such an honor for me to, to be on this track with you. You know, and I'm like, this is so crazy. This is unreal. So, it really is unreal. I'm, I'm very, very blessed. And I'm also doing a track with P.O.D. Who, who P.O.D. is one of my, you know, growing up in the church uh, before, before, I, before I saw the light. P.O.D. was kind of the, the only thing I listened to. You know, that was my roots and foundation because I wasn't allowed to listen to anything else being in the church. So... That, that's been amazing. So Sunny, Sunny and Marcos are, are jumping on the track and I'm just busy mixing, uh, finishing up a track now with Crazy Town, no. which, uh, which he's going to be, which he's going to be releasing as his next single. So it's a, it's a very, very, very exciting track and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it because you're going to lose your mind. Oh man, this is such an exciting time. I mean, it couldn't be, it really has been like a really good period, man, for creative yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy that it's, it feels weird because the world is really suffering right now and there's just so much, there's just so much confusion and so much like weirdness and there's just, there's so much negativity. But somehow during this time, there's so much positivity for a lot of people I know. If you've been able to figure out how to navigate the weirdness. <laughs> doing what you do do you find that you sometimes need to take a step back to kind of recreate again so that you don't get stuck in like a particular format or you get lost so what do you do to kind of stay creatively sharp in that sense yeah absolutely i mean i take a lot of breaks away from music Mm. 
I think that is really, maybe when I was younger, I would be able to just like music 24 hours a day, but honestly, I get really sick of it. And one of the the arguments that my girlfriend and I have <laughs> are that I don't like listening to music in the car because it's my one space of quiet, you know, and then everyone's like, we want to listen to music in the car. And I'm just like this grumpy old lady that's like, it's too loud. It's too loud. It's so annoying. So, so I think a lot of ear rest because my entire life is consumed with music and the entertainment industry. And I don't always think that it's incredibly healthy. I think the music business is pretty toxic I think it's really good to find things that you can do like I mean I don't meditate at all it doesn't work for me I know it works for a lot of people but for lack of a better word you know chickens have become my meditative process I wake up at now 5 30 every morning with the sun and I make a cup of coffee and I go out and I sit in the coop for like half an hour and just like chat to them and just have this time without my phone. Um, I think separating yourself from social media and your phone and your computer, um, I don't think we realize the effect that staring at screens all day have on our eyes and and mental states. And I think kind of just putting your phone in another room, uh, just disconnecting for a little while, those are those are what I find uh, really helps. You know, if I live closer to the ocean, I would be surfing at every opportunity that I could get. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a, a really an exercise person. You know, it's like I I like to try and stay fit and healthy, but it's like dragging my nails down a chalkboard to actually <laughs> yeah. work out. It's just I guess I'm I'm lucky, but cooking is another thing. I think it's really nice. It's creative. And I I think that that's something that can maybe spice up and change what's going on from music, creative painting, you know, I I don't paint, but I know a lot of of songwriters and musicians who do. So Mm. I think it's just finding something to separate, to switch it up. That change is important for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. And I think a routine, finding the right routine is such an important thing. And I get bored very easily. So I used to always kind of, every week would be something different. I'd get into a routine and then I'd be like, no, I'm getting bored of this. Let me do something else. And then as I've gotten older, I've realized that routine is so important because there's so much changing around us daily that you need some consistency. You need like, a few constants throughout your day and those mornings like you say are so important i know like um my wife struggles to sleep so she often sleeps in a bit later than me so that morning period if i can wake up at my 5 36 o'clock consistently sitting in the lounge having a cup of coffee is literally like you know like where you my mind is pretty much at ease and that's actually where a lot of my curiosity stems from especially with this podcast series for instance so it's the coffee and sock sessions the first thing i do when i wake up I literally put socks on. I always walk around with socks. I make coffee. <laughs> I chill in the lounge, literally. And sometimes I'll listen to music. And if I do, it'll be like something I don't listen to all the time. It's more my, my jazz stuff, um, the mind-stimulating stuff, so more classical yeah. stuff. And that time's so important and having a space to do that, which leads me to this, uh, this new thing that you have with your, your chickens. And Life on the coop. These are, are these, the coop. from the coop. So are these, are, is this your spirit animal? Are chickens your spirit animal? Yeah, man, they're just so sweet. I, uh, I didn't ever expect to have chickens. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, coming back to the Grey Days project. The guitar player, Kristen, he's just a super talented, talented 
songwriter, guitar player, incredible songwriter. And, and after the Grey Days project, he asked me to help him uh, with his, his record. It's called Enemy Airwave. It's amazing. Um, so I was in Arizona working on, on his, his EP. And I wake up in the morning, I'm staying in his house. I walk down the stairs and there's a sign on the door that says, beware of chickens. And I'm like, what? Like, so weird. So I'm just like, I ignore it. And I'm like, okay, weird. This is odd. So anyway, they're, they're night owls and I'm not really. So they had, they'd taken their dog for a walk at like 3 a.m. in the morning and found two baby chicken, like chicks being attacked by cats. And they rescued them and put them in their bathroom, like not knowing what to do. So we discussed having chickens. We just didn't know it would happen so fast. So I smuggled, I smuggled these chickens over the, the California border in a in a wine box <laughs> I was like I was literally shitting myself I was like driving because they have like a full border like inspection you know and the one thing is like livestock like do you have livestock <laughs> and I'm like I'm like guys you need to make sure and like they just like ding, 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 and I'm just like, as I'm driving past, like the ladies just, and there's all holes in this box. And I'm just like, oh God, I hope that she doesn't like look at this box and be like, what's in the box? So anyway, ended up with two chicks. We didn't know what they were, but we ended up just really enjoying their personalities. You know, they are so empathetic. They are really, really smart. Like you call their names and they come to you. There's just something really uh, sweet and special about it and it's it a hundred percent cemented my I've been kind of on a teetering vegetarian thing for a while yeah. um and after spending time with these these birds I was just like there is no way and just knowing how America treats their poultry over mm -hmm. here uh, I was just like there's no way that I could ever eat a tortured chicken ever again you know it's like they have feelings like they, they come to me, they talk to me, they love me. They, you know, I have full blown conversations that I test out songs on them. They, you know, it's like, I know if it's bad when they're all like scurry up to the, the coop, they're like, shut up. But, but it's uh yeah, it's really cool. We had, uh, anyway, that's another long story, but yeah. So we, um, we ended up getting, uh, we have six now. So, yeah. so that's cool. We built a chicken mansion. It's like better than than our house, really. <laughs> so they have like this elaborately engineered staircase because our, our one chicken uh, who who passed away, she was actually a meat chicken. We didn't know if that's what she was, but they've been genetically modified to go from from a baby to your table in thirty nine days. That's what we, we eat. And so just watching, watching that process of them, of her grow. And I love her. I loved her. I, I love her. And just watching her unable to be able to walk because her breasts are so big, like genetically, that's how they've been. You know, she couldn't carry her own weight. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm never eating chicken ever again in my life. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a fun lockdown, you know, lots of interesting things happening and, and I don't ever play anymore. I don't ever, I mean, outside of plugging in my electric guitar mm. to track something for a song that I'm producing, I don't ever pick up my guitar to play. So now it's just like, mm, you know, I kind of have a little itch, you know, I have an extra five minutes. It's be, I mean, it's been a, a, a busy time, but I have some, some time. Let's throw some songs out and see what happens. Why the hell not? It's it's silly and cute and weird and wonderful, and that's what we're going for. And that's what we need. 
that's a breakaway from the seriousness of life and bills and all of those things. It's like really, and it's pretty, and it's a nice background as well. It looks really cool with the chicken. Yeah, it's, our, our home is, is beautiful. Um, Shasta and I have, we bought this house like two years ago now. This, this time um, has been an amazing journey to watch, actually. I remember when you, you first got it and you first started working on it and you bought this house. Um, it was a fixer upper and you guys have pretty much been slaving away. I mean, it, it really was, it was literally a rat infested shithole. <laughs> that, that's why we, we were able to, it was, it was in the price range that, that we were looking for. And, yeah. and it's two and a half hours outside of, um, LA. I mean, LA is just completely unaffordable. It's ridiculous. You're paying like a million dollars for a box with no parking. No, it's just it's it's just ridiculous and you it, it just didn't make sense for us to do that so yeah i mean labor is is not cheap so for us to to hire anybody to help us it's basically more than what what i'm making a day so we're just like oh fuck it we'll do it ourselves honestly it's uh it's been such an, a learning curve because it's something I, I will never ever do again it broke my body physically mm. you know and i think there's a reason why construction workers you know you see them go home drink a bottle of vodka and pass out mm -hmm. you know it's uh it was the hardest thing physically that i've and probably mentally that i've ever done in my life because for one month solid uh we had one month to move into the house our, our lease had, had ended on our other place mm. um and so we we literally had one month to make it habitable sure. uh and we were up every day at like 5 a.m working like full 12 hours just in the heat going right now it's 108 degrees out here and it's been i think it's been two years yeah because all of these memories keep popping up on my instagram and facebook two years ago i'm sure you know we've had we've hired handymen to um to help us with some like electrical and stuff like that but otherwise it's just been like two girls in home depot you've made it your own the states is your home i mean like South Africa will always be home. I think that's one thing with South Africans is that when you speak to those who have left South Africa, there's, there's a thing. It's like South Africa is in your bones. My brother's in Ireland and he always tells me like, he loves Ireland. He loves how everything works, everything functions. But being South African, there's just something in your blood. There's a, I think what makes South Africa so special is that it's the friendliness of the people and kind of like- Oh man, totally. I missed it every- single day without fail and it's just something that i don't have really any south african friends close yeah. you know it's there's just there's just a deep void for me that america doesn't give me that south africa does yeah. um you know and it's it's really hard when speaking to americans because they're like well then why are you even here you know and I'm just like, it's like, I'm here because of the opportunities and I love it. And I, I mean, I'm an American now, but it's just, it's just, there's something very special, like my South African friends. And it just gives me a feeling that I, I don't get here. You know, it's like, and the little colloquial terms, I can, I can drop these weird things and everyone's looking at me like, that's not funny at all. You know, <laughs> South African sense of humor is so different and like nobody nobody gets it and i'm just like on this little weird island on my by myself because i remember like on one of see the shows that they did the one called night dvd that they shot and they were chatting to the guy the, the presenter and 
he used Sean Morgan used the word perv, like, yeah, you're being a perv. Yeah. And he was, the presenter was so mind blown by this because he'd never heard it being used like that. And for us, like you say, oh, stop being a perv. But, yeah, we, we show it in everything and like Americans just don't get it, you know, like, hey, let's have some brekkie or like, you're such a perv, man. And they just like, what? What? <laughs> it's just this disconnect. And, and I guess it, I mean, I just recently I've been having a deep yearning for, for coming back home for a visit. I'm just like, I want to see my besties. You know, I, I want to just do all the things that, that I grew up doing, relive those memories you know relive just sit and and have a, a couple of freaking black labels and just only a south african knows for yeah. sure black label is responsible yeah. for a lot of craziness <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, gosh. and what, what what kind of surprised you when you moved to the states what what kind of things that really like i was surprised by when you said taking chickens poultry across uh state lines like i didn't realize that would be a, that was a thing i mean here we just drive to another province and I had no, I, well, I guess each state does have their own laws and stuff. So I'm assuming that's why it's such a, a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. But is that weird for you? Like, I mean, there's a lot of things, I guess, that, that are fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you come to a, a country like America, you know what I think surprised me the most is that I thought that South Africa was maybe a fairly racist country but America beats South Africa hands down. These freaking Trump supporting rednecks are like the most insane. Like my mind is just blown, but I'm just like, gosh, darn it. Like America is meant to be like the greatest country in the world, you know, but, and is it though? You know, I'm pretty sure that, uh, that I'm going to have a lot of, of, my Trump supporting friends like very bummed out about this this comment but I you know I I just think there's such a lack of leadership happening in I think any intelligent person any person that's a leader in business like one of the things it's like when you make mistakes you take responsibility for it for them that you there's accountability you know all of these things it's just like some rich boy which again is the big problem in the whole entire world is rich white men who have just gone and raped and pillaged and done whatever the fuck they wanted for the entire like thousand years or 400 years, whatever it is, you know? So I I think it's just, it's just giving people and I think white men in general are starting to feel very attacked, you know, it's because he's just a lot, Trump's allowing people to behave badly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's such a weird time in the world honestly and, and what i'm very excited about is that this year is going to be the first time that i can vote as an american citizen and joe biden 100 has my vote i think kamala harris is absolutely incredible i think any any time you have a woman in any kind of authority position whether it be in music uh production uh whatever it is guys are always going to be threatened and call her like a, a bitch or a hoe or a slut and that, that's just that's just what they do the breakdown. you know that's what it is. so that's it's right. just you know i i think she's so eloquent and so smart and she's you know she she really she just she speaks for me for sure so i'm i'm excited to see hopefully hopefully there can be some change happening yeah i mean i think 
we're in that time. If ever there was going to be a change in anything, I think now's the time it's, that it's going to be because the world has kind of become more conscious, more aware of the surroundings and everything that's been happening for thousands and thousands of years. But I think social media has really helped. I mean, social media has its, we know social media has its own set of issues, but where it's really become important is it's given that voice and kind of allowed people to create awareness about things that would, like you said, have been going on for thousands of years. Totally. You don't have a voice. I mean, um, propaganda is such a big thing. We know American media is such a massive thing. And most of, of which controls the world, to be honest, in terms of from a, a media standpoint. And I think it's like, yeah, it's a really good time for change. And so it was so fascinating to me because um, I don't know the full story. I don't really, obviously, we'll never know all of it. But with Bernie Saunders, I'm not sure how you felt about it with all Bernie. And I was watching, I was watching his podcast that he, he sat down with Joe Rogan as well, the Joe Rogan experience. And it was actually so interesting um, just to to hear what he had to say and some of the things he considered like a human rights were, were construed as him being an extremist. And it yeah. was just like such a fascinating to see. And he was talking about how when you're on TV for these debates and you've got 45 seconds to answer a question that's been plaguing the world for thousands of years and you can't get your message across. And I think like that podcast is so important because it kind of changed a lot of people's minds. And I think he even did an interview with Edward Snowden and he, I think it was almost three hours of chatting to Edward Snowden. And he was also talking about how it was such a nice thing to see people like Bernie Saunders actually have more than 45 seconds to discuss what he believes is basic human rights. So I don't want to go too deep into the political agenda, but it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting time. And I think it's really cool that you're getting to vote. That's very cool. I know. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. And I, I did like uh, Bernie, by the way. Mm-hmm. I just I just think I, I wish that we could have a younger set of, of people coming through. You know, mm-hmm. the, the problem therein lies with older white men. <laughs> you know, I think, it would be, I think it would be great if we could get like a, a black woman, a person of color. Like, I just truly believe that women are better leaders. I really do. Uh, and and I think I, I think it's time for people to allow women to and and women are the biggest haters of women. It's crazy. It's like it'll be it'll be a, a woman will be like, oh fuck that. She's ter- a terrible leader before a guy will be. You know. So yeah. it's just it's like man, no winning this side, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think lots of work needs to be done, and I think it's time for what was always considered people saying women are too emotional. I think that sort of stuff needs to stop being seen as a weakness and a strength because yeah. that's what you need. I mean we're surrounded by a world of leaders and people that are just so emotionally detached and it's why we have people like the Epsteins of the world being able to get away with what they get away with because they're so emotionally detached maybe we need a bit of emotion we need a bit of empathy we need a bit more of that the female touch without sounding I think New Zealand is a great example of that like what a freaking legend is she I'm just like god damn I've always been a huge male supporter my entire life I've just just been in the boys club my whole life you know so which has been really cool I've uh I haven't felt that much probably not not in the band or growing up in South Africa I didn't really feel um that there was much inequality in that but I've definitely had a shift in uh supporting women more in every angle of my life I just think it's like the same thing as is 
uh, of like the Black Lives Matter things, you know, it's like if I can work with a black female, like I would much rather open that opportunity. Um, I just think it's important for us all to just start making little changes and, and definitely have been a huge conscious effort and change for me is to start going like, like, no, we like, I need to stop making excuses that, that I'm not good enough, that no men run the world that no, like that, that is a terrible way of thinking. And yeah, so it's been, it's been a good changing time. This is, this has been a, a new, new change in, for me for sure as well, where I'm just like, no, I'm, I want to support the female leader yeah. or the female direction. Hey, listen, the only thing, I think the only thing that men possibly are more capable of is strength, you know, and, and that's it. Like that, that's about it. Otherwise it's game on for fair game for every single thing. How things, how things that side. <laughs> it is all, you know, South Africa, it's literally, it's so, there's so much character. It is a very interesting time. It's like, it's always a treat in some sense. We have that sense of humor. <laughs> like, literally the worst situation and we turn it into something we can all laugh about, you know. Totally. And I think that's what's uh, gotten a lot of the country through things is the fact that we can laugh at a lot of things. But generally, I think, like I said, the mood has been lighter since the, the alcohol and cigarette ban has been lifted. I mean, yeah. I mean, cigarettes were banned since lockdown started, which was around March. So generally, crazy. Yeah, so I think it's it's a matter of rebuilding now, and uh, that's wow. that's what we're doing. And hopefully, we can get there. And it's it's always an interesting time in South Africa. I think like yeah, um, there's a lot of good with the amount of stuff that we deal with. We get crazy. to live in these spaces, and you realize just how affordable property is and right. having space and it's like those little things that we you don't really realize until you travel and you're like you know what we're actually quite lucky i mean it would be nice not to stress about whether your electricity is going to go off or not and whether right oh my <laughs> gosh you know those those basic things but in general i think there's always some sort of optimistic approach with south africans towards south africa I think totally. everyone can always agree that it can only get better that's what i love and she's well a i miss it and i miss you guys yeah <laughs> We miss you and that's, I think like from my side, it's just been such an honor and such a pleasure like catching up and I love watching people's journeys and when you realize, when you trace back and realize, shit, it's been 12, 13 years since I started following your journey and you think that's a long time, you know what I mean? It, there's a whole history totally we've shared whether it's been personally but we've watched each other grow and it's such a beautiful thing to see i mean and that's what's what i wanted to you know achieve with these with these sessions and what can we learn from each other what can we educate each other on and let's talk about the real things and the fun stuff is always going to be there but let's also like try and help each other out in a sense so totally. it's, been, it's been really really special and I know you have quite a few projects going on at the moment. And yeah, I don't know if you want to maybe talk a bit about that before we wrap it up. Obviously, the Alien Ant Farm EP will be coming out sometime end of this year or beginning of um, 2021. Uh, that, was, that was really awesome to work on been a huge fan of the band since stealing love love jones days i remember i remember touring in cape town i think we were on long street and i can't remember what the bar was but it's an upstairs bar on long street that has pool tables in it but we were playing the stealing love jones boys and i were playing uh playing pool and 
and uh, movies was on MTV and I was just like, oh my God, this is the greatest song of all time, you know? So it's been, it's been wonderful to be able to, to create and become friends with musicians that I aspired to. And uh, obviously the Grey Days record, which is out now. Yeah. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't listened to it, please grab it on iTunes or st stream it on Spotify. Deezer, whatever your poison of choice. Let's see what else. Oh, the Enemy Airwave uh, record. And that is the guitar player from Grey Days. Uh, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful EP. Super kind of smashing pumpkin zesky 90s alternative rock vibe. Really, really cool. But with like a big modern uh, polish on it. Um, and then obviously the pigs stuff is coming out, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we did, I decided to launch the entire project with a cover of Slipknot's Duality. Yes, um, I actually have old footage of the old SJ back in the studio. I know, I know, I thought, I thought that's, that's Duality, you know, things, yeah. they're so different. I'm like a completely different person to what I was then. And Dean Roberts from uh, Leila Vegas in Durban, South Africa, he actually put the video together for us, which is awesome. So yeah, the, and that, that videos had, uh, and the songs had really great response. I mean, there's probably been like a quarter negative and three quarters positive, you know, it's definitely a, a song that should probably never be covered, but like, <laughs> fuck it. So it's whether it's your cup of tea or not, go check it out. The video is out. We've had like 10, thousand views in three days which is which has been awesome and yeah that that's pretty much i'm working on a couple of other projects oh the crazy town single will be dropping probably in the next it'll probably drop before december so yeah I mean, and then obviously we need to look out for more live from the coop sessions you know with the chickens oh yeah subscribe i'm actually shooting another one tonight so Amazing. there'll be a new live from the coop it's gonna be it's just silly i'm just having fun doing some little mashups and uh, talking about my little chickens who, who on the first se the first episode, which I think is a really cool fact, is that most people don't know, but chickens are the closest living relative to the dinosaur. It's so crazy though, because when you actually get close to them, it's almost like when, it's like watching Jurassic Park. Yeah. They, are, they are identical. They have the same movement. They just don't have the, the weird little arms. Yeah, but yeah. they have the same movements. They have the same creepy eyes. Yeah. It's like they have the same like nostrils. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Weird. So weird. So I'm a, I'm a dinosaur owner. <laughs> <laughs> This is pretty rad. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. I pet dinosaurs. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much that's pretty much about it. And um, you can follow SJ Jones Productions on Facebook, and um, I drop a lot of stuff on production and like my techniques on vocal chains and eight oh eights and stuff like that. So uh, you you can follow on that if that if that interests you. I appreciate your time. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to chat with. With you i know me too thank you so much and like yeah congrats and keep inspiring us man i think i look forward to like chatting to you again and you know deep diving into a few more things maybe we'll get into some deep cuts some music deep cuts that's you know some suggestions totally. to check out we're always rooting for south africans abroad you know south africans will always show love to south africans doing good things yeah. and uh yeah man just know that's we're really excited. I'm proud and I'm really keen to see what happens next. And yeah, thank I you. Appreciate, appreciate it. Season one of the Coffee and Socks Sessions podcast with me. Hey.
Thanks for having me on Coffee and Socks Success. (laughs) It's so funny. I actually have, I can definitely hear that my my accent isn't as heavy because I just can't quite get like, I was trying, I asked my mom for a milk tart recipe the other day and I was like, can I get the milk tart recipe? And I just couldn't get it right. I'm like, oh no, I'm losing all my Afrikaans like twang, you know? (laughs) It'll come back. It'll take. But I'm pretty stoked because uh, it's my mom's like 65th birthday. She lives over here with me now. Oh no! Uh, and I'm making. I'm actually making my own borovos. No ways. Yeah. So I I purchased the borovos spice from oh. something in Hirsch, something Hirsch spices on African Hub over here. Okay. Um, and I basically, I bought like a sausage maker, and, but I'm making, I'm making a, um, a Beyond Meat one and a meat okay. one. For, so there's going to be the vegan uh, version and a, a meat version. And the crazy thing is, I tried it out on this vegan meat that I eat. Yeah. It was like biting into a burry roll, dude. I was just like, I haven't had a burry roll for like mm. 10 years. I was just the nostalgia. I was just sitting in bed because like since since uh, COVID, it's yeah. like every meal that I can sit in bed and watch a show. I'm just like, ah, okay, cool. Half an hour back in the studio. Yeah, yeah, so and I was just like I said to Shasta, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so nostalgic. It's like I'm eating a bori roll in South Africa. It's so crazy. Oh, cool. So I'm excited to do that. I actually made a, a note here because you said like mental health and experiences that shaped you as a person. Mm. Um, and I think that it's important to, uh, to say this. We spoke about having an attitude of gratitude a lot, but I think it's really important to be involved in charities and things with people that are less fortunate than you are. It just changes your perspective of what you have and being satisfied with what we we have. I think because of social media and and the Kardashians and all this craziness of of how, what the world is telling us we should be, Mm. we are so unsatisfied with ourselves and what we have. And I think when you take the moment to, I I just started um, donating to Go Local in South Africa. and and just seeing the gratitude on those kids faces and the families over a bag of rice you know it's like i know me in america i've forgotten i don't see this it's not in my face every day the way it was in south africa so it's just having that mentality of being satisfied with what you have yes of course be ambitious be driven but 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 don't let it completely overtake yourself that you're this miserable being because you don't have what the other person has, you know, for lack of better word, keeping up with the Joneses, like just find your sanctuary and be happy in that. And I think that that's really important, you know, and it's not going to fuck with your head either. So I appreciate you. Please give my love to your wife. Bye, man.